This is the GPL Podcast, sponsored by Vintage Minnesota Hockey, your exclusive source for throwback Minnesota jerseys. Visit VintageMNHockey.com. Now, here's Hammy, Vigo, and your host, Jupiter. Good evening and welcome to the GPL Podcast. We're back for another week and, uh, boy, Wednesday just seems to be the hot day for things to happen these days, huh, Hamming Viggs? Everybody knows the podcast is coming. I guess they do. Who knows? Well, we have a guest tonight. You know, um, you may know him as Gopher State. We know him as Nate Wells, but what you most likely probably know him as is this. I think y'all having a good time out there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, Nate. <laughs> are you dancing? I know you are. Yes. <laughs> yes, the phenomenon that Nate just loves to put on Twitter. The man is here. How's it going, Nate? It's going well. Sorry, uh, I just had to do that to you, man. Penn. I just Those had to do it. Guys. Yeah, um, <laughs> so Penn State begins the, all their games with Timber, too. So, Oh, your favorite. You know that I was about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, you know, we're going to have you on tonight, talk a little bit about, uh, you know, Penn State, since you were there in attendance last weekend. And then just something kind of happened today. Uh, a little article came out in City Pages, uh, Ah, uh, boy, uh, Corey uh, Zorowski, former Jefferson grad, decided to write a little bit about the the state of the program, Viggs. Yeah, it, it's pretty <laughs> much a, a, a job to go after Lucia and the program. I think there's a lot of uh, guys who are have never gotten over that Don Lucia is a Notre Dame grad and alum <laughs> and uh, don't like having him as coach because he's not an M-man. And, uh, you know, they're more than willing to go on the record or anonymous to uh, take them down. Well, yeah, you know, just to let you know, I tried to get Corey on the show tonight as well, but uh, he just couldn't quite make it happen, couldn't quite get home in time. And I told him if he ends up getting home, get on Skype. I'll try to get him on the show, uh, but uh, I doubt that's going to happen. But uh, I think it would have been interesting. We would have been the first people to get him on, but I tried. Uh, So, Viggs... You and Nate were at Media Day today, and uh, Lucia did address it a little bit, didn't he? Yeah, I was actually surprised how, how much he talked about it. Um, I think he's embraced the fact that when you're the, the head coach at the University of Minnesota, there's always going to be people who uh, are upset with you when you're not winning national titles. And, and the way things have gone the last couple of years, they've had a couple of runs where they've you know been close or should have been close and just hasn't happened. And uh, now the way Mariucci Arena is, where a lot of tickets are unused, people perceive that as, as being some sort of huge issue uh, when you know they are selling a lot of the tickets and gaining the revenue. But having a 500 team uh, definitely gives people some ammo to fire at them. Nate, what were your thoughts today? On Lucia or the article? <laughs> Either. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, well, Lucia, Lucia spoke uh, for a while. Uh, he went on for about three minutes after starting it with, uh, I didn't read the article. Um, for some, for someone, for someone oh, I have a feeling that he did. Come yeah, on. for somebody, somebody didn't read the article, he had a good uh, grasp of what was going on. Um, it sounded like his biggest gripe was more that uh, it wasn't that it was a shot to the program or himself. Um, I think by now he has to be used for it. This is like the third time this year that we've that um, we or uh, you guys have been discussing various articles on the Minnesota program, uh, but he wasn't happy with the uh, with the statements uh, kind of going against his players more than anything. Yeah, he didn't seem uh, too happy with the players part at all. I mean, uh, Viggs, you sent me audio, and you know, if you guys want me to play it, it's about four and a half minutes worth of audio. Yeah, that, if you want to, is that a little? If it's not too long, I'll go ahead and play it. If you guys just want to, it's, mute. it's a good. It's a good three minutes. I was uh, trans. Grabbing it earlier, uh, it'll be up on uh, my site. So, well, let's take a listen. If you guys could just mute on your side, let's take a listen to what the Don had to say after Jess Myers brought it up today during the media session. Don, there was an article that was mm-hmm. critical of your program in City yeah. Pages that came out today. I'm wondering if you've seen it. Any reaction to it? I, I have not seen it. Um, I had somebody call me on it, um, and you know what? It, it, People can go after me. That's part of the deal. But uh, it wouldn't. I understand. But I haven't read it that they went after our players too, and that's crossing the boundary for me. You know, we had there's some guys that, hey, I'm not an alum, and they weren't happy I was hired, and I'm not an alum. And you know, that's nothing's changed. I'm not an alum, and nothing's changed for them because they're not happy I am an alum. So there's things you can control, and there's things you can't, and that's where I'll defend our players. That uh, you know, they all graduate. Nobody gets in trouble. Uh, they they uh, represent the program the way we want them to be represented, and you know our our players happy we're 500 or by no, uh, but you know this year we knew we were going to have to grow with with this group of players, and so if they want to go after me, you know so be it. I, I, I not the first time, nor will it be the last. But I, I I feel very comfortable with what how we conduct ourselves, how we represent our school, and uh, the success we've had. Do you reach out to any of the alumni, or you just like you know, have their opinion? No, we, there's some alums that have been great. I mean, there's a reason why we've made waste over $5 million, and we're going to start a, a locker room renovation. We've got a group that's been very, very supportive and, and helped do that. You know, but there's also a group that, you know, five years ago tried to get me fired and told me that I'm not an alum, so they can't support me. Nothing I can do about that. Like I said, when I, <laughs> I came here and... I said, when I, uh, I'm going to be here so long, and you know, I want to be a part of the tradition and um, be able to look up and, and someday and come back. And you know, like I said, I, I feel comfortable with what we've been able to accomplish, the success that we've had. Um, is it going to please everybody? No. Um, but you know, if you coach here, you've got to understand what you're getting into. So like I said, I, I, I'm fine with it. People can have their opinion. Um, I'm comfortable with, with how we've conducted ourselves and with integrity and uh, that's a way as long as I'm doing this, it'll always be run with this program. Uh, but I'm just, I, I guess the hard part, I guess there was a lot of anonymous. It was, uh, uh, and and uh, just going after the players is is out of bounds for me. So I'll defend our players all day long. They're great, they're great kids. With how to handle it? Pardon? Do you address the players with how I, to I handle it? I talked to them a little forward? briefly about, you know, just, hey, I'm proud of you guys and how you represent our program and what you do and, and uh, how hard you work each and every day. And, um, you know, so we'll, we'll continue to do that. And, and uh, you know what? Uh, we'd all like to win a national title every year, but that's not realistic. Um, you know, every coach that's ever been here, they've had some 
years that weren't as good as others. And that's in every sport. And that, that's just the way it is. All, all you can do is um, go to work, you know, do the best job you can, um, try to have good kids and, and, you know, have a good program. And it's just different this day and age, too, because um, you can you can write a comment off a story, you can Twitter, you can post something on the Internet. And it, it, you hear more from the, the people that, that want to tear you down than, than the people that are happy. And, and, you know, whether it's you're going on a bus tour and people come up to you, hey, love the program, uh, done a great job, the, the, the way the program is run. And, I mean, they're the ones that aren't popping off in the paper. So that's just something you have to deal with. I mean, I, like I said, I, it's not the first, whether it's me or Doug or Brad or, you know, whoever's coaching. It's just, just the way it is. You just want to. You, you wish they were supportive, though, of the players. I mean, that that that's the part that um, uh, you'd like to see. But like I said, there's been a, a great group that have worked really hard in our fundraising. We couldn't be more excited that April first that this whole area is going to be torn apart, and it's all going to be go for hockey. Long time coming, and uh, we're close to have enough money to redo completely redo the weight room, and a lo- and and that's been our fundraising on campus. But there's been an alumni group that we've met with every every month and, and uh, on a pretty regular basis to help get this done and there's been a lot of contributions from them so I'm happy about that it's hard to address anonymous as you can hear the Don there hard to address anonymous I saw that uh, Pat McLeddy was posting a little earlier he knows who anonymous is but wouldn't say who it is but uh, Hammy that's probably the first time you've heard that what are your thoughts on what Lucia said there well, I mean, I've always said that whoever the Gopher head coach is deserves to be the highest paid coach in college hockey because there's no <laughs> job that has more scrutiny on it, you know, than that position. And so, I, you know, a lot of what he says, I, you know, I've not always been the biggest Lucia, you know, uh, proponent and whatever. I mean, sometimes I get a little bit annoyed with some of the way things are, but he has got a real tough job, and certainly I think that, uh, you know, when it comes to recruiting, it's like that's the one that I – because obviously I've, that's the thing I've followed most closely for 20-plus years. And the funny thing is is that you see a kid that's a top-notch 15-year-old who commits to North Dakota or Notre Dame or whatever, and people pop off about it saying, you know, what the hell's wrong with Gopher recruiting? But then – once we get like three or four of those guys that are 15, they're like, we're recruiting too many young stars. We need to get, it's like, nobody is ever happy. And I think it's the same concept with, you know, some of these alums or whatever. First of all, I have a problem with the whole unnamed stuff that to me, that's like, if you're going to rip people, at least have the balls to just say, Hey, this is what I think. And to stand by, you know, put your name behind it. Maybe the NHL guys, I could get it a little bit, but you know, these former alums or it's like, show some balls the other thing that bugs me is that I got personally texted by one of the players, uh, one of the key players' fathers earlier today, and you know he's pissed off because his son, who is a good high character kid, is being like basically thrown into this group. You know, like he's got no character and he's got no balls and he doesn't do this. You know, that, that it's like you're making sweeping comments about all these players that. Maybe for a, a certain percentage, maybe there is some validity to it, but not for all of them. And, and to make that kind of comment, you know, those kinds of comments, that bugs the hell out of me. What about, uh, is there anything about the story that you did agree with? I mean, I, I'm kind of gathering from the story. Obviously, it was kind of a hatch job a little bit, but 
there's a lot of frustration there, and maybe he kind of took it out on the whole system. But uh, there's obviously problems that we've seen in the last few years. Uh, did any did anything that Corey had to say uh, ring true for any of you guys? Well, I mean, I will say one thing. I mean, I do think sometimes they need to be a little bit more careful about just recruiting the talent and not necessarily. I mean, I don't know what they do for background and you know and hey what kind of character i'm sure they ask those kinds of questions but certainly there were like there are kids that have come through the gopher program that i knew you know ahead of time were not the greatest character guys and they didn't turn out to be that i mean jim o'brien is a perfect example the way that he kind of bailed on the gophers i mean i had been told long before he even started at the u that he was kind of an odd duck and you know he was kind of a nomad always changing teams and all that stuff so it's like well when he bails on you after a year it's kind of like these are the kinds of things you probably should know ahead of time a little bit more, and maybe you should avoid those kinds of guys a little bit more but um and i agree that maybe sometimes they do need to mix things up a little bit more with recruiting but it's easier said than done because like i said earlier everybody is a critic if you you know you're not getting all the stars i mean they brought up some of these names like gersich and and besser and uh, some of these guys it's like you know what it's not like the gopher coach no matter who it is has always gotten every star kid that's come out of the state so bringing up a few examples of guys that went else to me it's just stupid i mean that, that's the way it's always been Viggs, uh one party did mention in the article was about uh her brooks convincing uh mr parisi to avoid Minnesota. Yeah, and I, I think that's just an example that, that some people have this relationship with Don Lucia where they're not on the same page. And with this Herb Brooks uh, Breezy story, you know, that's definitely one of those cases where, you know, regardless of what Lucia would do, I, I don't think Brooks was going to be on his side on this. And, you know, it turned out great for Zach. You know, he had a good experience at North Dakota and he's turned into a great pro. Um, but I don't think it's, you know, one example like that applies to the entire program. I mean, look at guys like Nate Schmidt, who came to the university as a, as a low-rated recruit and, you know, as a character guy who came to the university, developed, and he was on the ice when Ovechkin scored his 500th goal. You know, so for every story of a guy who got away, there are players who come to the university and develop. I'd also um, remind everybody that uh, we did win a national title when Parisi was in college and he didn't win jack squat. So, I mean, it's not like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like oh, I know. I, I, I used to love but the, like, I used to love when people said, you know, Chad Roberg has more uh, rings than uh, Zach Parisi. <laughs> but I'm just saying, it's like somehow that got left out of the story. Like, you know, Oh, Parisi enters college. Oh my God. The world's coming to an end. Uh, yeah. But we won a national title this first year. So, uh, you know, I just felt like there was a lot of perspective, that could have been put into that article. And I don't know if it's just because of space constraints or whatever, but you know, there were some things that I felt like that article left out that, um, well, I, I think this article is slanted against Lucia. I mean, a lot of these things you could be saying at, at most big time programs, you know, Michigan, uh, BCBU, they're all having issues with these, these kids who are coming to college hockey and they're, they're developing and their eyes on playing in the NHL. So all these elite programs that bring in these big recruits, they're having this issue of trying to balance developing players versus winning, you know, versus continuing to recruit. And I got to tell you, when a, when a guy like Kyler Poso comes to the University of Minnesota and he's not playing 20 minutes a game, he's not on the first power play, he can get frustrated. And that's why he left. 
You know, you have well, other guys who, who come and they stick it out. I mean, Nick Letty wasn't going to jump ahead of the guys on the team and play first power play when he came here. Well, and the other thing I would remind people, they always bring up Herb Brooks as some sterling example of everything. But you know what? <laughs> Herb Brooks would never last in today's college hockey. The guy's great, obviously, from an X and O standpoint, but that whole hard-ass bit would never wash in today's college hockey world because the fact is is that kids nowadays, they can bail on you and they can go to the WHL, they can go to the AHL, sign with the pro team, they can, do a, they can go back to the USHL and transfer – they can just tell you, hey, go to hell, Herbie. I'm not going to listen to your bullshit after this year. And they can go somewhere else. Back then, they didn't have that. They had a JV. They had all this stuff that he could be a hard ass about. But that stuff would never work today. It just doesn't. And so people need to get over that whole Herb Brooks. I mean, I, I'm as big of a Herb Brooks fan as anybody. But you know what? Uh, the whole Bobby Knight, Herb Brooks, uh, all that kind of attitude that used to be, that would never work with today's players. It just doesn't. Nate, did any of the story ring true for you, or was it a complete hatchet job? Uh, I think there's enough bits in it where going from one thing to another where you're going to see what you want to see. Yeah. yeah. I think we've kind of seen that throughout the day where if you're not a fan of the Gophers, this is an amazing story, and you agree 110% with it. Um, If you are a big Gopher fan, you do not like this at all. It is a hatchet job. It's, there are things that you like about Minnesota but aren't being a fan of. This will still confirm your view. And I think that's the one beauty of the piece. Um, I personally, there's a lot of things I will, I like. Um, I think it's an interesting story to look at throughout the, uh, on the other side, outside of the college hockey bubble um, that we have. Because as much as we kind of hate to admit it, this is a very niche sport. And when we're all on the inside, we kind of forget that on the outside, Union being like one of the three best teams in the last five years and going on an 18-game win streak still is a small, tiny college in New York that doesn't have athletic scholarships that 99.5% of the uh, country have never heard of. What do you mean? That wasn't the biggest upset of all time? Like the Miracle on Ice? No. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, it's not even the worst upset in Gopher history. No. They think about Holy Cross. It's like, hello, do some frickin' research. You can can put in uh, the Yale upset uh, the year before that, which was a much better Gopher team than uh, probably the most talented Gopher team. Not even Yale, because Yale went on to win it. Yeah, but they were. That was a 2-15. Yeah, that... That was a 215. At least Union on this one was like the third overall team and hadn't lost since January. Okay, but okay, here's the other thing that bugs me about that. What's the quote? Who was it that was talking about the Big Ten Network playing against Penn State? Are you kidding me? The university showed it didn't understand or it cared yeah. that hockey. It's like, dude, are you that freaking stupid? Yeah. You're not going to say no to the Big Ten when that is your bread and butter. You cannot tell them, no, we're not going to play in your hockey conference when you're getting 30 plus million dollars a year in TV revenue alone because of your association with that league. It's like, it's not about the University of Minnesota Athletic Department saying yes or no. That would be the dumbest thing in history to do to say, ah, well, we, we want to stay in the WCHA. And so we're going to screw over everything else in our sporting department just so we can play hockey with the – it's just, dude, pull your head out of your ass. Well, the problem is that for the last few years, we've seen it. The crowds are down. People are pissed about the Big Ten. Obviously, we've been trying to tell people to get over it, but it's just not happening. And I think uh, that may have been some of the anger towards this whole thing. I mean, even Don uh, 
Lou Nanny said a couple weeks ago that he thought the Big Ten was a bad idea. And, and you know, they're selling the tickets, but something's just not right here. The fans are still pissed. And I know, Hammy, you've said it's time to get over it, but it's pretty clear people aren't going to get over it. And they're, and they're maybe uh, just showing their anger. I don't know. Well, part of it is is that the Big Ten, you know, other than Stinks. the first year, it, it hasn't been great. You yep. know what I mean? And it's like, okay, <clears throat> that gets built up. I mean, and, and look, I, as I said before, league strength is very cyclical. I mean, you're going to have times where certain leagues are great, times when they're kind of mediocre. I mean, every league, even the WCHA, wasn't always great. So, But if that league is playing great, has got top teams or at least, you know, three or four real good teams – um, and it's starting to heat up in the rivalry department, you know, three, four years. So, I mean, that's going to be all gone. I mean, people are focused on the short term, and I get that. But it's like I think they lose sight of some of this stuff. And just, you know, they realize that it's not the old WCHA, so it's just going to be automatically never going to be good and whatever. And I just think that people just don't think long term. Well, one of the big problems is the other schools. I mean, we, we all thought that – in fact, the other schools thought, you know, we're going to get together, Big Ten, we're going to have all this money, we're going to be on TV more often. And I hate to tell you, other schools, until you guys get off your ass and start supporting your programs and watching them on Big Ten Network, those games are going to be coming less and less. I mean, you look at this year – uh, compared to previous years, Big Ten used to do double headers and all this other stuff. But we've heard from Pizzo, Rick Pizzo at Big Ten. The, uh, the only ratings they get is when Minnesota is on. If the other teams are playing, they don't get the ratings. So they've cut back. They don't do any pregame. They don't do any in-between periods or postgame anymore. They just show the game. So it's pretty obvious that the Big Ten network is, uh, you know, they've tried. But uh, unless they get support from these other schools and people start watching it, they're backing away too. And that would be something that I would have loved to have kind of been addressed in this story because there are so many different things. And if, if we're going to be honest, apathy is very real Yeah, with uh, hockey in Minnesota. Um, I think it's the, a lot of people have it more being the region. It's kind of like, like sec football compared to the nationally. And in, in fairness, I will say this for, I went out to, uh, Penn State this past weekend, and they do for, for a fourth year program. They do an amazing job supporting that team. Um, the students weren't there; it was still sold out. They sold out the, that section. Um, it was packed. Fans kind of were pretty were pretty hateful towards Minnesota, despite well, not really having much of a rivalry. <laughs> um, I think it's that's pretty one sided. But um, if if you went probably about five, ten years ago and you're like, hey, we want to expand college hockey, we want new teams to come in, we want them to have the same uh, type of uh, energy and understand it the way that college hockey fans do, Penn State would be exactly what you would want to expect. <clears throat> well, look, look, I mean, here's the one thing I want to make clear. I, I think we all know that not everything is the way it should be with that program. I mean, we, I, I don't think that I don't have a problem with some of the criticism or whatever because I think obviously when you're 500 right now and you know that's just for this program is unacceptable you know pretty much any year. I mean I don't care. Lucia can say every coach has had down years. That maybe there's that's true, but that's still no excuse. Um, well, the funny thing to, is, is that they, uh, is that is that's one thing he mentioned in the article. You know, it's, it kind of seems like Lucia is always full of excuses. Well, I mean, uh, I mean, what I mean, he's asked questions. What yeah. is he supposed to do? You know what I mean? It's kind of like, yep. 
I, I guess I don't know what, what the guy is supposed to do in that position. When you're facing the media, they ask you questions and um, you can give them, you know, you basically have two choices. You can kind of give them something or you can be just so bland and give them nothing. And then it's like, what's the point in even having it? I mean, you know, he's going to give them something. So I just feel like, uh, you know, that's a little bit nitpicky. I, I guess I don't want to be a, an apologist because I feel like yeah, I'm not happy. I, I do believe that the message, you know, has grown a little bit weary. I, I do, you know, I've talked to enough people in the last couple of years that they feel like some of the fire isn't there and maybe the messages quite aren't sinking in like they used to. And, um, and, and, you know, there's a lot more possibility for change and, and I wouldn't have a huge problem with it, but I just think that sometimes people uh, talk out of their ass about some of these things and they don't really think big picture. And, uh, you know, especially with like recruiting and some of these other things, it's just not that cut and dry. Vigo, you got any more thoughts on this? You've been a little quiet. Well, I just think, you know, it did get to the point where they were going after the players. And, and like we were just talking about, you know, it's hard, I think, for Lucia not to mention players every once in a while because, you know, I know Nate and I and, and some of the other writers, you know, we ask specifics about certain plays and things like that. And, and Lucia sometimes gives us the answer. Um, but for the most part in, in NCAA sports, you know, it all – falls on the coach you know he's the one who's getting the big check and at you know the end of everything it's his responsibility for the team to be better and it's his responsibility to recruit the right players and if it doesn't work out it ultimately falls on him you know we can critique the players and and look for the juniors to do some more scoring this year for this team to, to have them be successful but ultimately it does fall on the coach and so when people like this writer pick on you know, the team for not playing with discipline and not, you know, winning puck battles and, you know, being arrogant little jerks like he writes, you know, that's, that's, that's where the fire comes from. Coaches, former coaches, and then people who aren't on this fire Lucia bandwagon. Well, Viggs, you did ask uh, Kloos today about that and he pretty much said no comment, correct? I think he wanted to respond, but it was pretty clear that Lucia had put the 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 clamp on any comments from players about it you know he is the captain so if there is one player um to to talk about it it'd be him he's he's talked a lot about how he's trying to lead this team and and make something of this season and i think he's very motivated and even more motivated now to to turn this thing around well like what what did you ask him that he said no comment on well, just, you know, that the, the article came out to get it today and Lucia addressed the team about it and how does he feel and, and react to it. And he, he, he uh, gritted his teeth and said, I'm going to have to say no comment. <laughs> you know, Vig sent me that audio, and I'll uh, put it at the end of the podcast tonight. So along with the, the full Lucia media, like Vigo always gets for us. So you'll get to hear that uh, at the end. But, uh, boy. Just an interesting day. I mean, uh, obviously somebody's got an axe to grind. Uh, well, somebody. I, 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 I don't know article. if it's Corey himself because Corey. I, I don't. I don't think Corey even went to the U, but I think Corey has followed the U and probably knows some people and uh, found the right guy who has an axe to grind. Well, I think the other thing is that some of those guys that were quoted and actually named in that article were part of that fire Lucia letter that that fire you know that he mentioned yep. in his. I mean, they were a part of that. I mean, Hartzell, I know for sure, was a part of that. I mean, so, um, you know, some of these people, they're, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if that what he mentioned about, hey, I'm a Notre Dame alum, and 
some of these guys just say, Hey, you're not an, a, you, you know, you're not a lump from the U I'm not going to support you. It's like, I wouldn't be shocked if some of these guys that were actually named, if like that was, you know, they were part of that group. And it just, to me, that gets to be stupid. It's like, dude, what do you really care about? Do you care about the program and the school or do you care about who the damn coach is and where he came from? I mean, I personally don't give a rat's ass. It's like, I just want to win and I want yep. the program to be good. And I want the players to be, you know, a good representation of school. I don't really give a damn about if the coach went to – I mean, if you think about it, who's one of the greatest coaches for North Dakota ever? Dean Blaze. Who's one of the greatest coaches ever for Wisconsin? Badger Bob. <laughs> Both Gopher alums. Do you think their fans give a shit nope. about that? No. They see them as, hey, that, that's our coach. I don't care if he went to school at the university. So it's like, who cares? It's like, as long as they win – as long as they bring good teams together and represent the school well and everything, it's like, who cares about that? And I mean, sometimes the whole Notre Dame thing riles me a little bit, but nonetheless, it's like, um, you know, I, I, the guy does a pretty good job. Um, not perfect, but he's done a pretty good job over the course of his career at the U. Sorry, you got to beep that out, whatever. Uh, I'm not going to bleep it out. Oh, okay, well, then I'm going to swear like a you know what. <laughs> well, yeah. I, well, it, we're all frustrated. I mean, obviously, you've been frustrated over these last few years. I've been frustrated. Viggs, I know you have. Um, you know, it's just we kind of feel the apathy. And so you see something like this, and it kind of gets you riled up because, you know, obviously we agree with some of it, but it's definitely, you know, somebody's got an axe to grind, and that wasn't very balanced at all. Yeah, I kind of found it interesting that, you know, whenever there was any kind of supportive statement, it was basically like one or two lines and no quotes <laughs> from anybody. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah, did you ever look for anybody to say, I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure that there'd be some people that would say some positive things. It's kind of like, yeah, let's, let's make the tone of the article a certain way. And, you know, and, hey, if it's creating dialogue, I guess it works, right? But I do think well, that, uh, it, you know, you, that's the could have found the people that contributed the five million—that's going to go to this new locker room and new weight room and shooting center and help pay for the you know the renovations to the rink. You know there are people who are supporting him. So, but we've also heard in the past that uh, you know a lot of former players don't support him, and it's been you know he's had trouble you know getting donations uh, just for small little things. I mean. I, I, what did it? What Paul Martin did donate? What a big uh, hot tub or something like that a few years ago? But a sauna, yeah, a sauna, whatever it is. But uh, we have heard, you know, from uh, former players, you know, having trouble. I'm not trying to stir up anything, but just but things we have heard in the past. Well, I mean, I think that you're going to have that kind of stuff yeah. anywhere. You know what I mean? And I think that, you know, I think part of it is Lucia has sort of this air about him that maybe you know. You know, he, he, I, I could see why some players might be rubbed the wrong way a little bit and whatever. And I don't think that he's a bad guy or anything, but I think that sometimes maybe his style just doesn't come across quite as well. And, you know, and, but you're going to find that in any kind of coaching style. I mean, it's not like Dean Blaze has been successful, but it's not like he's had all these guys that have loved him. And you have other guys, you know, obviously Mike Eves has won a title, but he's not been well liked by a lot of his guys. And so, I mean, it's just, it's kind of part of the territory. And, I'm not really sure if a coach can do much. I mean, some of these guys just hold that grudge after they leave, and uh, that's the way it is. Yeah, well, you know, one problem that uh, I think we can all admit is that the kids these days are more me first than team first. And that's just kind of the the 
Generation X. Exactly. Or, not X, but you know, whatever it is these days. You know, these kids feel entitled because their parents are pushing that. My kid gets this many minutes or whatever it is. So we're going to have that problem pretty much around the board just because it, it, I don't think we should have somebody like a Herb Brooks. But, you know, once in a while it would be nice if they would hold guys, you know, responsible for what they should be or shouldn't be doing out there. And like you said before, Hammy, these kids, if they get, you know, they don't like what the coach is saying, huh, screw you, I'm going to leave. Because they, there's very much, there's not much integrity out there anymore, unfortunately. Well, I mean, I just think it's one of those things where, uh, you know, you have players, some of these guys, like you said, they're going to come through certain, yeah. you know, what, it's the parents or it's yep. like they're just used to being the star guy and they get spoiled and whatever. And, you know, it, it's kind of a catch-22 for a coach because it's like, man, you know, you want to get that talent. But then it's like, you know, you're not entirely sure, you know, how's that going to translate from a character standpoint, you know, because you just never know what's going to happen until a guy gets there and you have to hope for the best. Some guys are more predictable than others, but um, it just kind of comes down to hopefully doing enough research on their backgrounds and what mom and dad are like and, you know, what their former coaches have to say about them and whatever and just kind of going with that. But uh, sometimes it just doesn't work out quite as well as you expect. Well, you look at a kid like Bukestad. I mean, that kid definitely did care more about the M than the name on his back. But what? in contrast, you look at somebody like a Jordan Schrader maybe or a Phil Kessel. I don't think you'll see Phil Kessel coming back to the U, you know, you know, pushing the M, but you look somebody like Bukestad or or even Thomas Vanek. Vanek actually does care a lot about the U. And his, I mean, his kids live here. They're supporting the U as much as they can. Um, like you said, everyone's different. The one thing that um, at least I was thinking about when going through the article is that Minnesota, as far as the elite teams, has been fairly successful of late. And it's kind of been uh, one thing that Lucia has been uh, focusing on and having those players stay the three years instead of two in order to get them to graduate. Um, a guy like Bukestad graduated on time uh, with his class, um, despite going to the pros. Um, Nate Schmidt graduated over the summer. They have a couple other guys who have done it, things like that. Um, they really haven't had a big name leave after uh, one or two years in uh, since, what, Nick Letty? Last one? Yeah, I, I think so. Am I missing anyone? Yeah, I think it's I think Nick Letty. Like, those guys stayed. Um uh, Shay, Riley, Adam Wilcox, all those guys could have left after their sophomore year and they stayed for that extra year. Um, and you can't say the same thing with a Michigan or a BC or a BU who have had these players that have left after one or two years or are um, playing for a bit and jumping up to the uh, CHL. Um, and that's one of the things I kind of found funny um, is that for a while during the middle part of the last decade, when Minnesota was trying to get every single high-end player, and they leave after one or two years, they kind of put them uh, in a bind after uh, all those players left, and they kind of just they weren't as top-heavy. And now they've been kind of trying to find that balance where, while they are shooting for like the Bessers and Bellows and Animus and those guys, they still kind of have a middle ground where, um, I think as Hammy mentioned earlier, in terms of as far as recruiting, you're kind of you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Well, and the other thing is, is that, you know, they talked about character in the article as if, like, you know, it's lacking. And to me, yeah. for guys to come back and not take the paycheck, and there's been guys that aren't, haven't been reported, 
you know, that got offers. I, I know at least one guy that got pretty significant offer this last offseason that didn't go. And it came back because of, and I know in this case is because of the love of playing at the U. And it's like, you know, when you guys have guys returning and they, they're they're not going for that automatic payday, I mean, that does speak to the character of some of these guys. So I, I think that kind of gets left out of the picture. You know, they see some of the stuff on the ice and assume because a guy isn't necessarily, you know, like a, like Cammy, if he's not going in the corner and getting his nose bloodied, like somehow he's lacking character or whatever. And that's just not, you know, I think it's not entirely fair to judge guys, you know, with sweeping statements like that. That's true. And, and, and recruiting isn't perfect. They, they could be doing better. They could be doing worse. Um, but uh, at the same time, with it being kind of the focus of the article, I'm, I'm a little shocked that uh, they didn't bring up that uh, Mario Lucia didn't go there and Jake Ensel didn't go there. <laughs> I, <thought that> was, <laughs> I was reading. It was kind of a what's what of, um, yeah, I would agree. of things to pot shot the, uh, the player that, but. Well, you know, it's just, it's a thing. None of these guys, I mean, these recruits, like I said earlier, yeah. You're in this state, especially. You're just not mm-hmm. gonna get all the great guys. There's That's just too true. many, and it, you know people realize these. We only have 18 scholarships to work with, just like anybody else. It's not like you have 25 scholarships and everybody gets a full scholarship. And it's like you know, they, kids have to decide. Hey, do I want to go to the U on a 75 percent ride, or I want to go to this other school on a 95 percent ride, or what? I mean, there's people don't really realize that it's not just I mean, there are guys that really will take. I know, I know for a fact that Clues had opportunities to go elsewhere for much bigger scholarship, and he came to the U on less. And that's not a rare example. I mean, the guys do that, and so it, I do think that people underestimate some of the, like I said, the character stuff and the fact that some of these guys really desire to wear the the M and play and pr- with pride. And just because it doesn't always have great results in the end, people just assume that the ca- players don't care and. I think it's a little bit too much of a generalization. Yeah, and I guess and then it goes also touches into the number of players that have committed early, which it's kind of been a it's it's been a point of contention in terms of college hockey, just with players recruit be committed at fourteen and fifteen irregularity and uh, versus the older freshmen, just the wide gap in that. And it would it would have been nice to see that kind of be touched on a little bit more in this article. There there are a lot of points that. College hockey is a strange, unique beast, and sometimes when we're in the middle of it, we kind of forget that these things are not the norm, but and it's a little bit of a missed opportunity, I think. But College hockey's got a lot of problems. I mean, yeah. it does. Yes. It has a yes. lot of problems. I mean, recruiting, I mean, we talk about that all the time, you know, it's like... Back in the day, you know, it was like guys weren't decided until they were 17. I know Lucia talks about that. You know, he wishes we can go back to the day where we kids didn't really decide until after the state tournament or or at least during that, that hockey season. And it's like, um, you know, it, it, we the whole recruiting 14- and 15-year-olds, it's too bad that they have to do some of that stuff. I think the whole gentleman's agreement needs to go down the toilet because I think that contributes to it. People kind of have a race to the bottom to – Make sure they get their offers in, and if they, hey, we have to offer a kid before a certain age because he might just commit, and then we don't supposedly have this chance because of the gentleman's agreement. All this stuff going on, it's just just a lot of problems in that regard. Well, let me tell you, winning would sure cure a lot of this, guys. That always does, right? I mean, when a team is struggling, they're you know below five hundred or around five hundred. 
an article like this is going to get a lot of attention. I mean, the, the fact is, right now, Minnesota is not getting very much attention. I mean, just uh, the last few weeks, haven't you been writing for the Star Tribune, Nate? I've written for the Star Tribune and the Pioneer Press in the uh, in the last month, yes. And why is that? Um, because, because they have I, nobody going to the arena covering the team anymore, do they? Um, not at the moment. Well, uh, what the is Pioneer that? Press, is that... The Pioneer Press does bring uh, does have Ben Getz covering them uh, for home games and uh, coming in for media availability. Okay, but does that have to do with the team, or does that have to do with the nature of that business right now? I mean, it's a bit. I'd, I'd say it's probably between the two of them. Um, there's been there's been a lot of it's kind of been a uh, industry wide thing in terms of college hockey, especially throughout the Big Ten. I I don't believe any Big Ten team has a full dedicated beat writer anymore. Uh, Andy Baggett and Madison got uh, laid off over the summer and now works for the Badgers themselves. Um, the Detroit News has a person who occasionally covers Michigan, Michigan State. Michigan State also put their longtime uh, beat writer in house, and. Uh, Hey, oh, doesn't sound is. good, Viggs. You know what? <laughs> I think that's one of the unnamed alums. <laughs> yeah. But it's, uh, at the same time, though, it's um, we, we've been talking all about this men's hockey article. The uh, Vice had a uh, article on the women's hockey team about how they're one of the best dynasties, um, and that has just been completely ignored um, by the media, both locally and nationally. Yeah. Um. So. In some cases, that also kind of pretends to men's college hockey as well, which I hate to do and kind of lump them in there because, honestly, that women's hockey team, we really should be talking about them a lot more. Um, but it's kind of just the nature of the beast of where the sport is right now. Well, well let's be honest. Sport. If, if the games were getting better TV ratings, if the pages were getting bigger yeah. views, bigger hits, they would have a writer there. I think this apathy is just kind of spilled over into both how much people read and, and watch the games and listen to the games, and that's impacting the coverage. If people want more coverage, watch more hockey, read about it more, go to the games. You know that's going to impact what happens. Word. <laughs> listen to more podcasts. Buy more stuff from Vintage Hockey. Yeah. Speaking of vintage hockey, boy, we should really roll a commercial, shouldn't we, boys? <laughs> We've been talking so long, you know, we better get to that and actually get to some hockey. Because, uh, you know, we had last weekend, Penn State, we have Michigan State this weekend. Uh, we got some business to take care of. But before we get to that business, take a listen. Vintage Minnesota Hockey wants you to take a step back in time and keep the memories of Minnesota hockey heritage alive forever. VintageMNHockey.com features history from around the entire state of Minnesota. One feature that I enjoy on a daily basis is the This Day in Minnesota Hockey History that is on their website. They have tons of info on what's happening on any particular day in Minnesota hockey history. One thing as a listener that you may be interested in is the store at Vintage Minnesota Hockey. They offer all kinds of custom throwbacks from Minnesota hockey and local college teams. And as a GPL Podcast listener, you just need to enter the promo code GPL Podcast, one word, all lowercase, to get a 10% discount on any order. So visit Vintage Minnesota Hockey at VintageMNHockey.com. 
And I'd like to uh, thank Vintage for signing up for the rest of the podcast for the season. So uh, they are on board for the whole season. So we are very thankful for that. Nice. I know, I know. Well, guys, we got to talk some hockey here. <laughs> Nate, you went out to Penn State this past weekend. 3-2 to two loss, 7-1 to one win. Let's start with that yep. loss. Uh, boy, it was pretty slow. Minnesota picked it up at the end, but... It yeah, was a little was, collapse there again. Yeah, it was. It was. It was kind of a uh, vintage Minnesota game for uh, <laughs> season is gone. Um, just started slow. Um, with terms of goal, uh, Eamon McAdam, who was uh, the Penn State goalie that night, uh, I think they out. I don't know if they outshot him. But it was like thirteen six or seven in the first period. And he stopped all the shots. He had a few good chances. Um, but you kind of got the feeling really fast that uh, Minnesota was or Penn State was going to score the first goal, and they did early in the second. Um, and it just it went from there. They, they they dug into a hole. They came back uh, late in the game with two goals by uh, Junior Gates, um, who he hadn't scored since the uh, second week of the season. So for him, um, it was a positive note. Vinny um, Terry fed him a couple of passes that. Uh, Neither of them broke his stick, uh, but uh, the few, <laughs> yeah, but the few uh, Nittany Lions uh, um, capitalizations, a good opportunities. Um, for the most part, Minnesota came to the outside, but the few chances that they had, they really converted on Friday, and um, they did so twice in the second period. And just that overtime winner, all three of them had uh, Steve Johnson and Ryan Collins on the ice, which uh, which yeah, was not really too happy with them after the game. And uh, they had uh, Collins ended up sitting for Saturday. So, well, it seemed, but that game, it, yeah, it but does, that game for the most part. Oh, go ahead. That game for the that game for the most part, though, it was um, it was the second one in a row that had broken or that they had given up a late goal or they had lost in overtime, and um, they were kind of even killed after the first one against Harvard. It was just the highs and lows of the season. It's a little weird that we keep having this. They were really down. I don't think I've seen that the team is down outside of the national championship game loss for obvious reasons um, or just an end of the season loss um, just after the game. Like, it was it was almost just – it was a complete 180 from uh, how just trying to keep your emotions in and everything. And just they were just like, you know, we can't have this happen. It's, it's not acceptable. Um, and it was kind of funny because after that game – um, the Penn State people were talking to me, and they're like, you know, this is one of the best teams, if not the best team we've seen all year. They ended up being the first one to uh, outshoot Penn State, and uh, he had earlier had them this year. They had both Notre Dame, who Minnesota has played, and they had uh, St. Lawrence, who would be in the tournament today um, at Pergula. So they've had a couple good teams, but it wasn't the result. They didn't get end up with any points. Viggs, this year's whipping boy, Mr. Collins, uh, kind of called out a little bit by Lucia, and then Flat out replaced Saturday night for the big seven to one win. Yeah, I think anytime one of your veteran defensemen gets scratched the next game, that's uh, as big of a call out as you can make as a head coach. Yeah, and uh, Collins' play since getting cut from the World Junior team has has been a little suspect. I I think he is just trying to do too much with the puck, and you know he's a guy who's not the most skilled on the puck. His game is playing rushes. Uh, eliminating guys in the corners and and making a first easy pass. You know he's not a guy whose strength is to skate the puck out of the zone and and jump into the rush like Mike Riley. That's just not his game. And 
And maybe since getting cut from the World Junior team, he's trying to, to do too much. And um, hopefully he finds his game after uh, watching on Saturday afternoon. Nate, you saw mm-hmm. Sa- you saw Sadik Saturday night. How did he fill in for him? From what we've uh, heard, he filled in pretty good. He filled in pretty good. Uh, he's always been good with the puck and been able to move things around. Uh, I believe he got an assist on uh, at least one of the goals. Yes, um, he did. There's seven of them. So yeah, there was quite a few. <laughs> um, all right, let's see if we can find that. Well, for one here. thing, would geez, if we had. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he got. Yeah, he assisted on uh, Tyler Shee's goal. Um, but we had three short-handed goals. Let's see. It was positive with them. Um, I spoke with Eric Shearhorn after the game. He was happy with how he played, um, and it kind of sounded like uh, from today's availability that uh, Sadek will probably play this weekend. He doesn't know if it's Friday's. Um, Lucia still wants to see a little bit of consistency with them um, playing without the puck and just having his effort uh, throughout the week in practice. But uh, for a guy who has really only played like four games this season and been very limited in uh, a couple of them. Um, they're all due to injury or suspension. Um, he, it looked like he belonged on the ice. Hammy, a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde weekend. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> like you said, I mean, well, I mean, I, I thought it was going to be a split, you know, kind of weekend as it was, but I mean, I, I well, didn't I, one, I think one of you two even said it might have been an overtime loss. I think I said something about, <laughs> yeah, I don't remember what I, you know, but I mean, I just think that it, it's unfortunate that, you know, you have that kind of a, a late game mistake and, you know, people just will jump all over that. And, and I get it. Yeah, it's frustrating yeah. as hell. So, I mean, I, I totally get it. And and uh, certainly Collins has had, you know, hasn't had, I don't think, as good of a, th- a season as a lot of people I think were hoping. That, you know, they saw him play last year and saw some glimpses and maybe thought he'd be a lot better this year than what he's uh, shown at times. So I think that's a little bit of the frustration as well. And, but to come back and you know, capitalize on a lot of opportunities the next game and, um, you know, kind of jump on them early and uh, kind of just stay stay the course throughout the game. And that was nice to see. And um, it's kind of like what we've seen all season. It's just been – just haven't been able to find that, can you know, consistency from one game to the next. It always seems like there's one game where it's mediocrity or there's certain gaps in – the game that they don't play that well and they end up not getting the result they want. And then the next game they play a lot better and they get a result you want. So it's just kind of the way things have been this year. All right, guys, we got to move on to, uh, to uh, Michigan state because we're getting a little short on time. What'd you say? Um, just one last thing on that series. I don't think they were as bad Friday as the score indicates. I don't think they're as good Saturday as the score indicates. It was yeah. kind of two similar performances. Um, but the big difference Saturday was they converted on the shorthanded breakaways, um, at least Fashion did, and they did a better job crashing the net and creating turnovers. Yeah, you know, when they started kind of piling up there, it did seem like the Penn State started mailing it in there towards the end. So. Yeah, after once once uh, the fourth goal happened in the third period, yes. But <laughs> even even before even before then, the, the chances and the opportunities were much, much better Saturday um, than Friday. Well, we have a terrible Michigan State team coming in this weekend. They got blitzed by Michigan last Friday night, a little closer Saturday night, but Viggs, uh, this is not a good team right now. Yeah, this is a team that was expected to be a lot better. You know, they're they're a pretty veteran team. They've got a lot of juniors and seniors, and they had a, you know an All-America goalie last year in Jake Hildebrand. Um, so 
from one side, this is kind of a scary matchup for the Gophers because the Gophers have been playing well. I think they've been generating plenty of scoring chances their last couple weekends. It seems like the team is gaining some momentum, and now they've got this Michigan State team that's seriously underachieved, but they have a talented goaltender. And that's always one of those situations I think Gopher fans worry about. Yeah. Because, you know, a goaltender <laughs> is a great equalizer. You know, and, and it's a cliche to say, oh, we ran into a hot goalie, but you just got to hope that they create enough traffic around the net and get Michigan State running around enough where a hot goalie isn't going to matter this weekend. Well, the one thing that, uh, you know, obviously Hildebrand is good, but apparently he hasn't been good enough this year because, you know, a goalie can only do so much. But when you're giving up nine to Michigan, oh, boy. Uh, that, that, that They had the lead in both games, too, and it just didn't turn out so well for them. Hammy, do you have any thoughts on this weekend against Michigan State? Well, I mean, obviously, this is if you're going to be a contender at the end of the year, this is the kind of series that you have to sweep. I mean, we're kind of starting to hit, get down that to the crunch time here. We're getting closer to February, and you really got to start winning games and uh, positioning yourself. And so I, this is one of those series where, uh, they they really need to sweep. They I mean, hopefully, I mean, we talked a lot about that article, but maybe that'll you know kind of get light a fire under their ass a little bit and give them a little extra incentive to kind of start, um, you know, really pressing and moving forward of some W's coming up. And and this is certainly a series that they should get some, uh, gain some momentum and hopefully win two games because they certainly I think they should. This is a series they should definitely sweep now. Like I said earlier, they haven't been consistent enough to really be guaranteeing anything, but uh, it's certainly a series that, on paper, they should be sweeping. All right, Nate, Michigan State. Yeah, I, I agree with Tammy where it's one that they, they almost need to get the six points. Um, really can't afford a loss at home to Michigan State. Michigan State's 54 out of the 60 teams in the pairwise. Um, <laughs> it's Honestly, this team might be more disappointing than uh, Eve's Wisconsin team last year in terms of just failure. Like, at least... Eves, that team was all freshmen. This team is a senior-led team. Uh, Michigan State came into uh, Mariucci um, with this group as uh, their first game as freshmen. They got killed. Um, it doesn't really look like they've gotten too much better. Um, they've had some injuries. They lost some players to either the CHL or transfers. Um, at times, they've had to dress forwards as defensemen because they've been so uh, poor on that. So the defensive stuff's there and the offensive depth isn't that good, but... It's still it's a series that um, if Minnesota is going to prove that it, it's one of the top two teams in the uh, Big Ten, and I, I don't think after last weekend um, against Penn State, you can say that Minnesota and Michigan are the top two teams in the Big Ten in terms of talent. Um, whether or not Minnesota has the defense to consistently stop Michigan's insane offense is another matter. Um, they, they're going to have to sweep this one. It, pretty much by the end of this um, weekend, Minnesota will have its two easiest home series out of the way, and they'll have their two hardest road series out of the way. So, well, let's hope they do well, guys, because you know I'm I'm going actually in full rube mode Friday night. So they better win at least Friday night. That's all I care about. Me and the wifey are going to go. Maybe have a few post game cocktails. Who knows? Viggs, will you join us for some post game cocktails Friday night? I will not. I will be oh. there Saturday night, and uh, I also think this is almost a must-sweep for Minnesota. Yeah. And a should-sweep. You know, I think they're clearly more talented than Michigan State. I think Minnesota is playing well. and uh, It's a big six points on the board for them. All right, then. All right. Well, that was a weird little feedback we had there. 
Um, but that's going to do it. You know, I got to thank you, Nate, for coming on and doing a lot of chatting with us tonight. Pleasure's all mine. Just let me know uh, when you want me to have on. I'm always uh, down to uh, spending an hour with you guys. <laughs> well, we definitely enjoy it. And, uh, you know, we'll be back next week to recap this Michigan State series and uh, see if there's any more fallout from this uh, Corey Zorowski article. Maybe the team will be inspired by it. Who knows? But until then, thank you for listening. about Michigan State? Um, you know what? I, obviously, they've been uh, struggling lately. Um, I, I, you look at their lineup, and I, I went back to when we played them last year, and 10 of their forwards have played against us last year in their lineup. Um, same goaltender, uh, three or four of the same D. So for whatever reason, um, it just uh, they've had a hard time winning games. They've lost some games similar to we have. You know, your head and give up a goal late and then lose in overtime. That happened in, in the Great Lakes. But... Um, to me, when I see them, I mean, they got the pieces in place that was, you know, playing for a, a Big Ten championship the last week in the last season. So, um, as and I told our players earlier this week, I mean, we've never been able to beat them twice in a weekend in two years. Um, we've had some wins and ties, some splits. Uh, they've always played us very well. Uh, Hildebrandt's always been really good against us, and, you know, he's an All-American goaltender last year, and he's certainly a, a quality goaltender. So, um you know, we just need to continue to build off the way we're playing right now and you know, hopefully we can score some goals. With Ohio State being an example of how tough they played when they were here, in a six-team league, it seems like the Big Ten's kind of shaking out where records don't mean anything. I mean, anybody can do anything to anybody. Yeah, I, I think we've seen that. Obviously, you, you look at Michigan, they probably have the most high-end talent this year. And, uh, I mean, you're going to have to play really well to, to beat Michigan and, and try to hold their offense down. That, that's the hard thing when you play them, that um, they can beat you 5-4, 6-5. You know, not many other teams can do that. The rest of us, you know, you got to win 3-2, and, you know, maybe we're fortunate once in a while to win a 4-3 game. But... Um, the rest of us don't have that same offensive firepower, but I know like when we played Ohio State, I thought they were good when we, they came in here, and now all of a sudden their goaltender is playing the way we, maybe he did a couple of years ago, and, and we all know how important that position is if you're going to have success and win. With that said, Hildebrand, you know, give, give you nightmares going into this week? You know, it's, he's been really good against us his, his whole career, and um, uh, he's square. He makes big saves. He's athletic, um, and you know we just you got to get to the net front. You can't. Uh, we got to get pucks on him. Uh, it's not a situation where you want to be over selective. Um, you know they pack it in pretty good. They're going to have four guys back in the neutral zone. So, you know, you, you know it's interesting like what uh, uh, Mike Yo said about you know being too selective in shooting and not creating offense off loose pucks. Um, and we've got to make sure that we just don't play on the perimeter. We got to get to the interior. Good weekend last weekend to get to the loose pucks, and I also thought pretty good at getting to the front. Yeah, I, I thought last weekend really, you know, the whole weekend we played pretty well. And and uh, uh, Friday we might have even played better than we did on Saturday with creating scoring chances. And, you know, the difference on Saturday is we finished. I mean, we have three breakaways on Friday and don't score, and then we, we score on them on, on Saturday. So, 
Um, Penn State's not an easy place to play. Um, they've done a nice job building their program with the fan support and everything else. And uh, to go in there and, and come back, especially with a you know kick in the gut on Friday to lose in overtime, and, and to come back and respond like we did. And, I mean, that was a positive. So, you know, now we're we're four and two in the Big Ten, and you know Michigan State comes in, and we just got to work to continue to take care of business at home. Keith said those two goals on a Friday. Are you starting to see the production you need from that third line? Well, I, I thought that line played well. It was great to see, um, you know, Vinny get rewarded because I don't know if anybody's more, been more unlucky uh, this year from an offensive standpoint than he has. And, you know, how many times has he broken sticks, you know, when he's shooting a puck? Uh, you know, I, I made sure he talked to a stick manufacturer and tell him, Vinny, do a better job. We're getting, he's switching brands. <laughs> um, so they're sending him some new sticks. Um, and, and but he's done a nice job. He plays with pace, and you know, Junior is probably one of the youngest guys in college hockey. He didn't turn 18 till September, and he's really growing and getting better as a player. And um, and that's what we needed. I mean, that line chipped in three goals. Our blue line uh, scored a goal, so all four of our lines scored. And that's the type of team that we need. Obviously, we've, we've been dependent upon three or four guys, and Leon and and Hudson and Tyler's chipped in, and and and, and Kluser. So we've had depending on three or four guys, but we, we need that secondary scoring. Not every night, but we, there's guys that are capable, and, and now as we move to the second half, that, that will dictate uh, how well we do, whether we, we get other guys you know, involved offensively. You were happy the defense following Saturday's game uh, after getting a chance to look at the uh, tape. Is that still hold true? Yeah, I, I thought that really going into the weekend, that was probably what I was most concerned about, that the pressure they were going to put on our D, how hard they played, how they got shot from everywhere. Um, and, I, and I thought our D core did a really good job all weekend limiting um, their end zone offensive time. We, we broke the puck out cleanly all weekend long. I, I think that's something we've really improved on during the course of the season. Uh, and, and we didn't have a lot of flurries where we got caught in our own zone. And, and that was important. Boxing out, we didn't give up. We gave up the one goal, I think, on um, on Friday night. Um, I think was it their first or second goal when um, the guy came in and scored off a rebound. But other than that, I mean, our D did a nice job all weekend long. And you know, we gave up you know two goals one night in regulation and one goal the next. And when you do that, you're going to win a lot of games. Do you think it's the defensemen who are, are responsible for? Yeah, I mean, that or the forwards well, I mean, you have to have the mentality. I mean, you, you play defense with a group of five. It's not, you know, one or two guys. I mean, you're dear the last linebacker, but you're always going to have a low forward back there helping out too. And uh, But I, I, I really thought that we had good communication with our defensemen, uh, that we the, the breakouts were clean, the exits were really good, um, and that was a big part of the reason why we, we didn't spend a lot of time in our own end. Are you going to try to get a guy like Jack Sadek in this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that... Uh, uh, that that uh, you know he's proven that he can play. Um, you know whether he plays Friday night or not, I don't know yet. Um, we're watching and, and, and seeing how he practices during the course of the week. But you know that was a bit of a you, you're looking at him and uh, he's growing as a player. He's still learning that how hard you have to compete and work Monday through Thursday to put yourself in a position on Friday Saturday. Um, and that's true for most young players. And, and uh, he's learning that. But he did a nice job, especially with the puck. That's his strength when the puck's on his stick. He still has to grow his game without the puck. But you know, as, as he as he continues to learn to to practice hard, uh, those things are going to come. Besides Michaelson, is everyone healthy? Yeah, I mean uh, AJ's still out this weekend. He's skating a little bit, but he's not in a position to play yet. Uh, other than that, everybody's in good shape and healthy. How have you seen the progression of Shearhorn so far? Uh, you Start know, to this point. well, he's he's he was pretty good early. I mean, right from the get-go, so he's been pretty consistent in that that part of it. But you start to see some 
the fundamentals of his game. And uh, you know, when, when Justin's working with him, I think that's a big thing that you, you start to see. You know, when he's playing well, he's fundamentally sound. You know, when you're when you're not um, on top of your game, then some of those fundamentals could, uh, you know lead you. And, and that's true for a goalie or you know any position. Uh, and, and so we we want to stay on him with that, but. He's been pretty consistent all season long. He's, most nights he's given us a chance to play. He's had you know one or two outings maybe that you know weren't his best, but you know everybody has that. You know we all do. And um, so with the biggest question mark that was heading into the season, that you know he, for the most part he's done his job, and, and we're happy with what he's been able to do all season long, especially you know basically playing every game. Tough on him with the bar that Adam Wilcox set for rookie goalies. I think he had five shutouts in his first eight games. Or Is that what he did uh, going back? <laughs> I know we split the first week or two with him uh, when he came in, but um, obviously Adam was good. And you know what? And I, I, I give a lot of credit to Justin Johnson that uh, since he's come on and been consistently our volunteer coach, that you know you go back to the last three or four goaltenders have been our number one guys with uh, whether it's Shearhorn and certainly Wilcox, um, uh, Kent Patterson before that. Uh, you know, Kangas had a good run. I mean, the guys have been, you know, pretty con good and consistent uh, during that time frame. And uh, I mean, you have to have that. I mean, you get to the end, and I mean, even during the course of the season, because of the way the goal scoring has come down, that one goal becomes more magnified than maybe what it did 15, 20 years ago when the scores were higher. Don, there was an article that was critical of your program in City yep. Pages that came out today. I'm wondering if you've seen it, any reaction to it? I, I have not seen it. Um, I had somebody call me on it. Um, and you know what? It, it, people can go after me. That's part of the deal. But uh, it, when I understand, I, but I haven't read it, that they went after our players too. And that's crossing the boundary for me. You know, we had a, there are some guys that, hey, I'm not an alum, and they weren't happy I was hired, and I'm not an alum. And... You know, that's nothing's changed. I'm not an alum, and nothing's changed for them because they're not happy I am an alum. So there's things you can control, and there's things you can't, and that's where I'll defend our players. That uh, you know, they all graduate. Nobody gets in trouble. Uh, they they uh, represent the program the way we want them to be represented. And you know, are our players happy? We're 500 or by no, uh, but you know, this year we knew we were going to have to grow with with this group of players, and so. If they want to go after me, you know, so be it. I, 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 not the first time, nor will it be the last. But I, I, I feel very comfortable with what, how we conduct ourselves, how we represent our school, and uh, the success we've had. Do you reach out to any of the alumni, or you just let you know, them have their opinion? No, we. There's some alums that have been great. I mean, there's a reason why we've made waste over five million dollars, and we're going to start a, a locker room renovation. We've got a group that's been very, very supportive and, and helped do that. You know, but there's also a group that, you know, five years ago tried to get me fired and told me that I'm not an alum, so they can't support me. Nothing I can do about that. Like I said, when I, <laughs> I came here and I said, when I, uh, I'm going to be here so long and, you know, I want to be part of the tradition and um, be able to look up and, and someday and come back. And, you know, like I said, I, I feel comfortable with what we've been able to accomplish, the success that we've had. Um, is it going to please everybody? No. Um, but, you know, if you coach here, you've got to understand what you're getting into. So, like I said, I, I, I'm fine with it. People can have their opinion. Um, I'm comfortable with, with how we've conducted ourselves and with integrity. And uh, that's the way as long as I'm doing this, it'll always be run with this program. Uh, but I'm just... I, I guess the hard part, I guess there's a lot of anonymous. It was, uh, uh, and and uh, just going after the players is, is out of bounds for me.
So I'll defend our players all day long. They're great. They're great kids. With how to handle it. Pardon? Do you address the players with how I, to handle it? I talked to them a little forward? briefly about you know just hey I'm proud of you guys and how you represent our program and what you do and and uh, how hard you work each and every day and um, you know so we'll, we'll continue to do that and and uh, you know what uh, we'd all like to win a national title every year but that's not realistic um, you know every coach that's ever been here they've had some years that weren't as good as others and that's in every sport and that, that's just the way it is all, all you can do is um, go to work you know do the best job you can um, try to have good kids and, and you know have a good program and it's just different this day and age too because um, you can you can write a comment off a story you can twitter you can post something on the internet and it, it, you hear more from the the people that that want to tear you down than than the people that are happy and, and, you know, whether it's you're going on a bus tour and people come up to you, hey, love the program, uh, done a great job, the, the way the program is run. And, I mean, they're the ones that aren't popping off in the paper. So that's just something you have to deal with. I mean, I, like I said, I, it's not the first, whether it's me or Doug or Brad or, you know, whoever's coaching. It's just, just the way it is. You just want to – you wish they were supportive, though, of the players. I mean, that, that, that's the part that um, – you'd like to see but like I said there's been a, a great group that have worked really hard in our fundraising we couldn't be more excited that April 1st that this whole area is going to be torn apart and it's all going to be go for hockey long time coming and uh, we're close to have enough money to redo completely redo the weight room and, a lo- and, and that's been our fundraising on campus but there's been an alumni group that we've met with every every month and, and uh, on a pretty regular basis to help get this done and there's been a lot of contributions from them so Happy about that. It's hard to address anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? Anonymous Thanks. has always had it in. Huh? <laughs> anonymous. Yeah, there's others that have too. Not just anonymous. <laughs> so it is. Thanks, coach. Yep. I talked to Eric uh, Rude about the Cincinnati. Last weekend, you guys were able to execute on Saturday quite a bit. Did you notice anything different? On the ice for you guys? Uh, yeah, I mean, a little bit. We just stuck with it. Uh, honestly, if you watch video a little bit, we played just as well on Friday. It just happened to me. The puck was going in for us on Saturday. So just a little bit of execution around the net, and uh, we were able to come out with a good outcome. Coach Lucia has talked about the work ethic's been there, but the execution has been the missing piece. Is there something different about the scoring chances you generate when you guys score versus when it's just a good scoring chance? Um. Maybe a little bit. I don't know. Maybe you're gripping your stick a little tight when you've been cold. Probably uh, just playing with a little more confidence. Like on Saturday, it was you know you expected it to go in with, which is on like Friday. It was more of like you were kind of hoping it would go in. So uh, I think that'd be probably the little difference. But this is just it's part of the game. Every hockey player goes through it. So uh, it was good for us to come out Saturday and bear a few. What do you guys have to do to put a couple past Hildebrandt this weekend? Uh, we got to get traffic to the net. Obviously, a really good goalie. I think uh, last year we struggled to score five on five a little bit against them, and so we need to get a lot of traffic to the net with a guy in front to really uh, start uh, beating him from anywhere farther away than a couple feet. So uh, obviously, getting pucks to the net, and we'll probably just have to throw a lot at him. You know, I don't know if there's going to be many pr- pretty ones this weekend because the way Michigan State plays, but uh, uh, I think if we get our cha- get our chances, uh, some will go in for us. This weekend is your 100th uh, game in Minnesota. What does that mean to you? I uh, didn't even know. That's wild. Uh, it feels like just a couple of days ago I was stepping on campus as a freshman. So, um, yeah, pretty exciting, and hopefully uh, I got more than 100 left in me.
from the overtime loss Friday to the big win on Saturday uh, last week in Penn State. How much, how much of that was a mental recovery for you guys? How, how down were you, and what did you need to, need to do to keep your spirits up? Um, yeah, it was tough. Uh, I'll be the first to admit it. It's just it was hard, just kind of reflecting on the work we put in the last couple of games and the same outcome. Uh, just the way we lo- we're losing games, it's kind of just been the most crazy year as far as losing late games and overtime games for a team like us. But uh, we've been resilient all year. Uh, I don't think we've ever came back and gave a poor effort after a tough loss or anything like that. So uh, it was really good to, mentally to have the success we did on Saturday night after uh, being so uh, down on Friday and. Uh, you know, just showing that resiliency builds uh, confidence and camaraderie around the room. Did you have much to say to him? Uh, did you have a captain's message for him? Uh, uh, probably a little bit. Is just, you know, teams have been through this before. Uh, you know, you look at our team last year, we won a comp- couple of comp- er, championships last year, and I think there was a stretch where we were 2-6 and six or something. So, you know, teams go through this stuff, and just to stick with it and uh, stay, you know, try to keep the confidence you have going uh, is a uh, you know, difficult, but it's vital for the success. New look golfers? Yeah, new golfers. We're going to be feeling good this weekend, and obviously uh, this is probably as confident of a time we've had all year. City Pages put out a piece this morning, critical of your coach and, and the program as captain. Do you respond to that at all or, or get any fire from that? Uh, I'm going to have to uh, go with a no comment on this one, but, uh, yeah, we'll see how things go from here. Hildebrandt's given you some trouble in the past. What's the what's the plan to, to figure him out this weekend? I think uh, we just got to get shots to the net and uh, get bodies in the net. I think if uh, if we got a big big body in front of the net, that it's gonna be gonna be hard to see for him. So uh, I think we just got to get pucks and bodies in the net. Defensively, you guys were successful in uh, shutting down a high offense Penn State team both nights. What were, what were your points of emphasis? Uh, you know, we just got to play it early. Play. Uh, you know, the, the we got to play uh, really tough D against uh, good teams like that that get a lot of shots on net, and uh, I think we did that. We did a pretty solid job both days. How are you able to uh, carry that over to this weekend series? Uh, you know, we, we sort of got a little confidence in our, in our squad, so uh, I think that uh, that's huge for us. I think that the confidence aspect of the uh, the game is, is really coming along pretty well, and I think that's big for us playing going, going against uh, Michigan State. You haven't had a conference home game in about a month. Does it feel good just to be in this rink and have, yeah. have somebody come visit you for a change? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely fun playing in this atmosphere, so uh, I think it'll be fun. I know that coaches have been stressing for the forwards to win some of the puck battles in the D zone. Have you sensed an improvement in that area? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The uh, first guy back is always uh, a key guy that we need in our, uh, in our play, and I think that uh, the centers have been doing a really good job of uh, supporting us, and I think that's really helped us in getting out of the zone. Communication gone better with uh, Shearhorn, the goalie. I know it was obviously yeah. new to begin the year, but how has that progressed? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been good. It's sort of like a Wilcox now. It's uh, you know it's we don't really have to communicate much. He really he really sees the play and he makes all he always makes pretty good plays. Cal Dietz came out and helped you guys with the quick turnaround last weekend. Is there anything out of that night and preparation that you can carry over to a regular series? Yeah, it's. Uh, I know we always do our cool downs with him, and uh, he knows his stuff. So I think that if we listen to him, we'll be a uh, pretty good recovery and uh, into the next day. Do you notice anything different that he was having you guys do, or is this just kind of the no. usual thing? No, it's yeah, it's been the usual thing. I think that uh, just having that quick turnaround, we just had to had to really do a, a real good cool down, and I think that really helped us in the next day. I have one more. You have to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, working with Bishop. How's that gelled for you this year? And 
some of the reasons why it's working so well. Where is it working so well? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's uh, well, he's my roommate too, so it's nice to have that uh, sort of bond in our uh, our relationship. So it's uh, it's been nice being able to play with him finally. Some keys to what settled the defense has settled the defense now from beginning of the year to now. What, what do you think some of those have been? I think just uh, just playing with each other, getting to know. Uh, how they play and playing with them, and uh, I think that uh, that's huge for us. Just just playing with each other, it's uh, it's really come along pretty far. Can you give us an example of of what that familiarity translates to on the ice? I mean, just communication. I mean, uh, you know, he I always hear him on the ice wherever, whenever he talks, I can just you know I can just throw the puck back there. I know it'll be open. So it's uh, I think communication is the biggest part. All good. Thanks, Brad. Yeah.